Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Coming at you from the banks of Rio Simpson here in Patagonia on the Chile side. And, well, I'll tell you more about how I got here later. Today's episode is with Troy Bessinger. So, while I'm traveling through Argentina, I ran into some guys traveling south and they were kind of like split up. Few of them were working on bikes, few of them were fueling up and getting goodies for the road. And one of them mentions, hey, we've got a guy here from America and we've got another guy on a sportster. You need to meet these people. So, um, long story short, I meet Troy Bessinger and I'm just like, no way. First person I've heard that speaks perfect English with an American accent in a minute. So, Within minutes, I was like, hey, just shut up. Let's go record all this. Let's just record a podcast. Um, That's when it got weird. So here we go. Let's get into it. Today's episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. That is right. Go to mcshoptees.com and sign up now. Each month we feature a different shop from around the country, sometimes outside the country, and bring you one of the baddest fucking artists to put the baddest fucking art on a shirt, and we send it out. Every month, you get a new one. Wow, I'm like changing this ad up like I've never done it before. Uh, anyways, it's a beautiful thing. This month's featured shop is JR Cycle Products out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, with some, dude, two months in a row, we've got a flying bat wing, a flying wheel with bat wings. I didn't plan this, but that's just, that's just how it happens. Super rad. Uh, I did a podcast with Warren, I think if, uh, I don't know, before I left town, and it's a good one. Go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it. Uh, Next month's featured shop is Jackson's Choppers out of Texas. It's been a while since we've done a Texas shop, and I've been wanting to feature Matt Jackson for a minute. So we got the baddest artist in Texas, easy to do some sick-ass fucking art for you. So go sign up. You got to be signed up before the end of this month to ensure that you get a Matt Jackson's t-shirt. Each shirt comes with a postcard that tells you about the shop, what they specialize in, where they're located, and how you get a hold of them. It's a beautiful thing. Go to mcshoptees.com now. Woo! If you want to support the show, but you got plenty of fucking t-shirts, how about dangerdanstalkshop.com? There's a Patreon support tab where you can donate five bucks a month to the show. Or as much as you'd like. But for every $5 you submit for the year of 2023, your name gets put in a hat. So each $5 is an entry to the hat that is going to give you a chance at winning a trip thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. That's right. Motorcycle Sherpa specializes in expeditions in Nepal, India, in Mongolia. And it's super fucking rad. If you've been listening to the show for any time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, this year in 2023, I'm going back. 
the first two weeks in November. Go sign up at MotorcycleSherpa.com if you'd like to go ride the Himalayas with Danger Dan. It's going to be a sick fucking trip. And uh, can't wait to go ride some mountains with you. Um, dude, MotorcycleSherpa.com. All right, so I am in Chile right now, trying to get down to the bottom of this giant fucking continent. And uh, really, dude, I'm... Uh, of the where I'm at's insane. It's fucking insane. I'm waiting on a tire to show up. I got a flat the other day and I put two plugs in it and I was looking at it. I was like, wait a second, this tire is fucked. I can't, you know, I mean, I could, I could chance it, but not with a, I probably, I mean, I would have just kept going if I didn't get a flat and it's like a gouge. And once I get a little bit further through Chile and pop down into Argentina, I'm pretty much in Argentina for the remainder of the trip, going back up to Buenos Aires. And from what I understand, getting a tire in Argentina is next to impossible. So I'm held up here in like the fly fishing capital of Patagonia, uh, fishing the Simpson, been catching trout. The salmon should be running. I think I got my times messed up. And they're like, dude, if you catch one on that fucking setup, it's going to take you two hours to reel them in. So of course, I'm still trying. I mean, how sick would that be? They're like fucking 20-pound fish. Uh, so that's where I'm at right now. The guys, um, well, I'll tell you what the, what the guys got going on. Actually, I don't even know. I'll check in for the, for the end of this podcast to let you know what's going on. Uh, the reason I say all that is because I'm going to come home at some point and hopefully see you at Mama Tried with this bike, the Danger Dan American uh, that I've ridden, well, just at Patagonia so far. I'll be doing live podcast on Saturday at Mama Tried. I'll be racing at Flat Out Friday, uh, obviously on Friday. Hopefully you're going to be there. I just, I'm fucking stoked, you know. It'll be sweet to see a bunch of faces that I haven't seen in a minute and hang out in Milwaukee. Uh, after that, February, March, got Sons of Speed Racing in Daytona. Oh, yeah. I think I've got some plans for Daytona, too. I'm, uh, maybe I'll tighten those up today while I'm, when I'm not on the river. And then March, April, at the end of March, beginning of April, is that when it is? Oh, my gosh. How could I not be more prepared? Um. Uh, Let's see. Come on. Come on. Yeah, the end of March. Texas Fandango, March 31st through April 2nd at the Gillespie County Fairgrounds in Fredericksburg, Texas. I talked to uh, one of the guys from the Cherokee chapter yesterday, and it is already shaping up to be a banger, you know? It's one of the funnest shows in the hill country of Texas. Uh, racing, swap meet. Vintage bikes, chopper show, vendors. It's going to be sick. There's going to be live music at the fairgrounds and in the campsites. Uh, the campground, for just a big pasture, man, that party goes off. And I'm looking forward to this, dude. March, April. What else happens in April? Surely there's something else that I'm forgetting, right? Oh, the Mezcal Moto Rally happens April 21st through the 22nd. EDR, May 5th through the 6th. Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival, May 18th and 21st in Tennessee. 
And I hope that you saw the lineup for the music that they posted this week. They have got a fucking banger lineup. Rob Lyons, like always, is going to be there. Lulu and the Black Sheep, Nikki Lane, Paul Cawthon. Oh, it's going to be fucking sick. Oh, man. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm so stoked that that lineup's happening. You're going to get a chance to ride a Pan America in the dirt? Yeah, that's right. I think you, all you need is a motorcycle endorsement. And you will get a chance at riding a Pan America in the dirt. That's crazy, right? Crazy. So stoked they're doing that. Uh, the next weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend, there's another show in the hill country called the Texas Hills. Yeah. Dude, I, th- I, th- I think they started doing that one and then stopped doing that one. Uh, anyways, I keep forgetting to mention it, but anything in the hill country is going to be awesome. Those guys have been putting a lot of hard work into that event, and I hope that it goes well. I'm going to... I don't know if I'm going to go there. Normally, I go to Red River, New Mexico. I don't know that I can not go up there because it's... Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, right now, I've been rambling on enough. Uh, hopefully, you are signed up as a Patreon. I got a $100 gift card to Lowbrow Customs. Somebody's going to win this month. So go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Check out LowbrowCustoms.com. And... Uh, and as always, check out knivesmadebynick.com because that motherfucker, you know, this this ain't even possible without that dude on my team. So uh, you guys have a wonderful day. Here is Troy Bessinger. And I think at this podcast, where are we? San Martin de las Andes. Gosh, what a fucking pleasant surprise, dude. It's so awesome to meet you, man. So uh, your boy, Caco? Casco. Uh, not Casco, the other one. Colo. Uh, um, one of your friends, I met okay. at the gas station by himself, and he's like, yeah, I'm with a crew of 12 people. Right. Somebody's from Arizona on a Sportster, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. Arizona, right now? Yeah. And then he left. I was like smoking a cigarette, and he's like, all right, maybe we'll see you camping tonight. And I was like, okay. And then I'm pulling through this fucking beautiful town, like... What is this? This is a. Uh, what's the name of this town? San San Car- I call it San Carlos by the Andes. San, San Carlos, Carlos Andes because it's San Carlos. No, it's Sol- San Martin. No. Or San Martin de los Andes. Yeah, there, there you go. That's there you it. Go. But dude, isn't it a fucking? Anyways, I saw the guys. Dude. I pulled over, bunch of bikes, all outfitted to ride. Right. Uh, and then sure enough, there's a sportster in the mix. I was like, well, I'm fixing to meet this guy they were talking about. Yeah, it was awesome. And then Troy walks up. Yeah, yeah. My buddy hollered at me. I looked over, and man, that guy looks American as hell. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then to have, uh, to know who you are, man, is uh, pretty cool to meet you in this situation, this beautiful place. Yeah, we got a bunch of mutual friends, Absolutely. as we found out very quick. Yeah, a lot. Oh, so how did you get down here? First, tell me about, what is it, Nico? Nico is the guy? Yeah, yeah, Nico, Nicholas Bota. Um, I met Nicholas about six years ago in Key West, Florida, and I, I knew he wasn't from the States. I could tell by the way he was dressed, and he was eyeballing my motorcycle pretty, pretty hard, so I went up and made some conversation. He didn't speak English. What bike were you on? Uh, I, I think I was, uh, I think it was on a Suzuki Intruder okay. at the time. 
Uh, I keep one of those in the barn in case everything else is broken down. <laughs> I get that big, big peach out. Um, and so uh, I struck up a conversation, and which was pretty limited because of his uh, not speaking English. And he showed me a sticker, and he pointed to Alaska. And I was like, you're going to Alaska on this 883 Sportster? Oh, he already had the Sportster then? Yeah, he had just bought it a few days before I met him in Miami. Okay. So he purchased this thing for uh, under $3,000, I think. And uh, he wanted to start from Key West. And I rolled into Key West. I was there for about two hours. And two hours after I arrived, we're heading north to Indiana uh, to a friend's motorcycle shop to make all the necessary repairs to help him make his way to Alaska. <laughs> oh, what a trip. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So that kid showed up here and or showed up to America and bought a bike. Right. Just like off of Craigslist. What year was this? Uh, it's a uh, 02. Well, the bike's an 02, but what year yeah. did this happen? Oh, uh, this well, let's see. It's, it's January, so I'm not sure what year this is. 23? This is 23? Yeah, 23 so now. Six yeah, years yeah. ago. Wow, wow. So, but yeah. Uh, and obviously, you stayed in contact with him ever since. Oh yeah, yeah. And he made he, it to Alaska. Yeah, he made it to Alaska. Uh, he left Indiana and went up to Canada through, and then to Alaska, and he came back uh, to Camp Vagabond in Golden Valley, Arizona, where I live. Uh, I got an old school bus there and a semi-trailer full of motorcycles, and I, uh, I allow motorcyclists to camp there and stay as long as they'd like. And um, so I invited him there, and he came, and we rode up to Sturgis together. And um, then before he headed back to South America. So yeah, we, I think we traveled maybe 5,000 miles together in the United States when all together when we first met. You get to know somebody well doing that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even if you don't speak the same language. <laughs> yeah. Well, motorcycles so. is a common thread, you yeah. know. Man, what a, what a wild deal. So. And I guess he, he rode with you to Sturgis, then came all, rode all the way back to Argentina. And did you just fly down here to meet up with him? Yeah, uh, about six months ago, um, I came down for a month. We had been talking about our business plan for a touring business the whole time that we knew each other. Uh, but then the pandemic and all the crazy shit went on. So it wasn't an option. And, uh, you know, people didn't want to get a shot just to go on a motorcycle tour and all that bullshit. So. Yeah. Um, we had to just wait, wait it out, and just kept dreaming. And so um, I came down for a month. We did our, designed our north tour to Salta and Huhui and uh, through the wine country and checked out all the, you know, a bunch of different hostels and uh, campgrounds and stuff that we might potentially want to take our customers to. And uh, it was an awesome trip. Uh, spent about three weeks on the bike, uh, about. I think just under, maybe under 3,000 miles. Not, not so where would these start out, like in Buenos Aires? Uh, now, um, so, so <laughs> you got me, Dan. You got me. Uh, We're not there yet. The planning's still Right, planning. right. It was yeah. still in the planning stage. This is it. Uh, and I should know this because I just had a customer from the United States. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you ask me again in a minute. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm proud to say we just had our first American uh, uh, customer, man. Yeah. And um, he's a Iraq veteran uh, who was 
Uh, his Bradley was struck by a improvised explosive device and uh, he lost his arm and uh, just very bad. Uh, it, in fact, they kept him in a coma for three months while his body was healing. Holy shit. He's from Sturgis, South Dakota, and uh, his name is Jeremy. And uh, I met Jeremy. I work at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally on my tour of the United States each year. Yeah. And uh, I hang around this dirt, nudie little campground that my buddy owns, and I uh, make some gas money there. And I met Jeremy there. And he's also a security guard. And over the years, I got to know him better and his story. And come to find out, when he he, he purchased a brand new Harley Davidson, uh, excuse me, he purchased a used Harley Davidson, and he's never been able to ride it. What? No. Why not? Because no. his arm? Because he's missing his arm. So this cat, he lives in his mother's driveway in a vintage camper because his mom needs help with the farm type of deal. So uh, he told me the story and he started sending me pictures of this motorcycle. He keeps all tarped up so the chickens don't shit all over it. And he said, my dream is to ride a motorcycle again and I hope someday I get to ride this bike. And so when me and Nico started the company, we thought it was a no brainer. There's an attachment that you can get for a prosthetic that you can ride a bicycle. We figured, hey, if you could ride a bicycle, we'll put you on a small CC motorcycle down here in Argentina. We'll clamp that prosthetic right to the handlebars and give you a push and let's go. And so uh, he made it down. He had the time of his life. He got to enjoy riding a motorcycle for the first time in <laughs> 10 years. That's, uh, That's like the toughest first customer you could have. Man, he's never I, ridden before. I said, this is do or die. If we kill our very first customer, we're just going to hang it up right now. Oh we cannot kill this gosh. guy. Well, so... Who is it? I think Malcolm Smith, he has a company that makes prosthetics for riding motorcycles. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're on a budget. Yeah. You know, this well, guy's on a budget. Yeah. He's a construction worker in the surge of South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't collect a check and all that kind of good stuff. He gets a small small check from the government, obviously. Uh, he get way more, but. A lot, but, yeah. But, yeah, he works 40 hours a week, and uh, he saved up his money, and uh, actually, we, uh, someone had the idea of a GoFundMe page and people donated over $2,000. I wrote the little piece about this guy's life and it made, you know, I know how to put it on and write the story. So yeah. uh, I laid it on and uh, people responded uh, positively. That's and, fucking awesome. Wow. So did you guys do the North route, I guess, yeah. with him? Yeah. Yeah, we sure did. We got into some uh, hairy situations, man. We were, we were up at about... 14,000 feet of elevation on a dirt road, no guardrails. And the, the warning device is a guy sticking his arm out the window of a truck waving a red and white flag, mm -hmm. which I knew uh, what that meant, caution. Um, but they don't stop the, the traffic. And it's in a very narrow road. And we came around a blind corner, and there's Jeremy on a 250 Yamaha dirt bike there. And... Uh, he shot a gap of about three foot, uh, missing the semi who was hauling heavy equipment. And uh, I was behind him and I think I literally shit my pants because I just pictured this guy going over the edge. But, um, and I asked him afterwards, was that, that, that was scary as hell, wasn't it? And he said, dude, I, I just spent three years of my life in Iraq. <laughs> you yeah, your little toy motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. no, that, yeah, that wasn't scary to me. Oh. It, awesome. it was exhilarating, he said, but it wasn't scary. So, 
trip. And we hope to bring other veterans into this. We, we, uh, I'm talking to a guy right now in Arizona, uh, Dick Yatsi, and uh, Dick's a Native American. He's missing both of his legs from the knees down. And uh, he's an avid uh, a writer, and he's in my little chopper family there in Arizona. And uh, I've sent him a message and, and hope, hope that he responds because I'd like to, like to see it. You're picking the tough ones <laughs> first, huh? Well, you know, the people who deserve it, yeah, they deserve awesome. our time and, uh, you know, pay some people back for. No, that's beautiful. What that's done. beautiful. So you were telling me before, I'm going to jump topics now and go okay. right to that 69 Ironhead you said you've ridden across the country. Yeah. Dude, what a, what a brutal fucking ride that is, huh? Yeah, I, I spent a few hours at the chiropractor after that. Uh, I write occasional story for Cycle Source magazine. Um, uh, hello, Chris, Heather. Um, thank you. But, uh, yeah, we have a little chopper event in Arizona called Corn Free. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I had my 69 uh, rigid frame, rigid fork, uh, iron head chopper. Rid, hold on, rigid front end as well? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had it stored in, uh, oh, in Newberry, it. Florida. And so I thought, you know, they're giving away an award for the longest distance travel. And uh -huh. to me, that is always like the biggest prize that you could win in any of these chopper campouts. Absolutely. Camp I'm a hands down. So I knew all the, the California, the Deuce LaRouche, the Satanic Mechanics, all those guys are going to be, be there, and all the young chopper guys, and me being uh, turning 50 that year, and my motorcycle was turning 50 that year. I thought, you know, I'm going to try to ride this cross country and start at the furthest point I can get and try to win that, that little Cornville trophy from these young guys, steal it from them. And uh, uh, it was a good ride. I had a good time. Used my tent every night, truck stops, and uh, uh, she did good. She she led me all the way back. <laughs> you were home. cracking me up with the the truck stop travel thing. Oh, Using yeah. the shower. Would you say the shower oh. is the fucking massage chair? Yeah, I, I don't need a I don't need a home in Beverly Hills. Not as long as they have Love's truck stops. Oh my god. I get breakfast, then the massage chair, shower, gas up my bike. I put my tent up right in the middle of the semis because they're they watch over me while I'm sleeping. I've had many times had truckers wake me up, or some tweaker eyeballing your, your bike there, and uh, so I, I like that. I camped at Love's truck stop one time, and it was because I broke down there. Yeah. <laughs> well, man. But I've slept at many gas stations. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'll pull around back and just lay next to my bike. Uh, yeah. But never the Love's. I don't know why, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think you never take advantage of all the. Uh, the hospitality they have to offer, apparently. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, it's not for everybody, but, you know, it's, it's economical. So how long have you been riding around? You said your tour of America when you work at Sturgis. Do you do, like, a circuit of all the, the rallies in the summer or what? No. No. Uh, I like to go to a few of the events. I like the EDR and uh, Born Free and uh, Hippie Killer and... Um, Hippie Killer, what's that one? Hippie Killer is, uh, I think that was Paris, California. Is that uh, the Hippie Killer Hoedown? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think it was the Hoedown. Vans and choppers. I'm a vanner, so. You yeah, know, you I got it. What kind of van you got? Oh, dude. I, I, right now, I got three camper vans. Uh, I got a 94 GMC Starcraft. It's 
ugliest sin, stickers and and uh, <laughs> families like hold their kids tight when I drive up in the van. Uh, I lived in that one for two years. Uh, I got I got a high roofer. I got a high roof Dodge. It's it's the ugliest thing you've what ever seen. What year is that one? Oh shit, I don't even know. Not ninety something. Okay. And. Uh, the guy who built it is a Native American marine engineer, so it's it's a very nice build out. But uh, it is, it, if you don't like to be stared at, you don't want to ride in this here van. But uh, I use it to travel around and paint some houses when I need gas money. So I live in my van and work out of my van uh, when I'm in the United States. That's the painting van. Yeah, I the use all roof? three. Yeah. I use all three. What's the third one? Uh, it's a one-ton Dodge, 3500 extended oh, van. Oh, shit. It's, what year is that one? Ah, oh, shit, I don't know. It was old. <laughs> I don't is it, know. Was it got the 440 in it? Uh, no, it's a 318. 318? Yeah. Nice. A 360, man. 360. That's the 360. If it's a one-ton, I Yeah, Seven twenty seven twenty seven. Something the like automatic. that. Automatic. I'm yeah. putting a four speed. I mean I'd like to put a four speed in my van. That's what I'm working on right now, slowly but surely. Yeah. I say that as I'm like not working on it at all. But it's like <laughs> right. it's like in your mind you're it's working in on pieces. It. <laughs> it's like the project is not done. It that's, has been started. How, yeah, that's how it starts. Done. Oh my god. I love these vans down here. I'm seeing a lot of camper vans in this area. And uh, I always know I'm in the right area when I see people with dreadlocks, choppers, and vans and shit Dude, like that. Dude, what a trip, yeah. like, all the vehicles are on this route, right? Crazy, man. Like, there's just so many people, like, I, I, for some reason, I just imagine that there's, like, when I see one of these campers, or I just assume it's from another country, but there's so many Argentinians, yeah. like, traveling right now, and I guess it's because it's their holiday. In summertime. I don't know how they all do the holiday at the same time, though. It seems like most of the businesses are open, but yet everybody's still on holiday somehow. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how this works down here. Dude, I think they're just riding this huge wave right now from winning the World Cup. Oh, I God, mean, they probably are. Were you down here for that? Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, fuck. You it's were here? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My bike was broke down when I went to Buenos Aires. I had some friends who went down there, and... Uh, my business partner Nico told me in his, his English, you go to Buenos Aires, you never come back. <laughs> and I was like, what's that supposed to mean? Mucho danger. Mucho, mucho. You no go right now. Really? And then I turned on the national news and I seen what the fuck he was talking about. They just erupt? Dude, it's the craziest. The most people I've ever seen are climbing telephone poles, light poles, uh, waving their flags or drinking furniture. Here they like Fernet. Fernet Branca. Fernet Branca from Italy <laughs> and Coca-Cola. And these oh, people are just down in this shit and uh, a huge party. And then Pisco, is, or is Pisco just in Chile? Pisco uh, and Cola. No, that's big here too. Is it? Uh, yeah, that's Italian something shit too. It's like, it's a weird, sweet, like flowery liquor. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's got some herbs in there, I do believe. <laughs> it's got some herbs in there. I don't really have the taste for all that, but uh, I, dude, I do drink it socially my, with them, you know? Yeah, my first night here, or in Chile, dude, we stayed up till 4 o'clock at my buddy's place, Wasso Choppers. 
Okay. We were recording a podcast, and then, dude, he just started turning it on. I mean, it, it was it was a trip. Yeah, on that ferment, or the uh, mate here, when I, I did a TV, TV interview uh, when I was here about six months ago with Nico, and uh, he said, you, you got to have this mate cup. I'm going to hand it to you during the, the interview, and I want you to take a hit off this mate cup. That's yeah. all you got to do. Yeah. And so I did, and I handed it back to him, and, and that, that prompted all kinds of response from people. It was like, this cat's mate down here? And it just, um, it's such a big thing here that. Isn't it wild? It so I, I was, uh, we went to a hot springs a couple nights ago with these guys from Mendoza, the fucking desert racers. I was just oh, yeah. hanging yeah. on to my fucking ass trying to keep up with. Anyways, we go to this hot springs and it was so fucking sick. I'll, show, I'll tell you where this one's at because it's like, it's primo. But we're hanging out with this bachelor party and the matcha comes up, you know, and, and I learned about it. Like I did, I wasn't sure what the fuck this, this thing was, you know, but it's a really cool tradition they got where like, they have one guy they call the Sabador, I think, if I'm saying it right, Sabador. He's like the, he's like the master of facility. He's the master of the, uh, the ceremony, if you will, right? So you got this cup, and it's a weird cup. It is. And they put the fucking matcha herb in there, right? Right. And then it's got a straw that goes down there, and then they dump some hot water in it. And the Sabador, he does all this, and he passes it to the first guy. And the first guy sits there and sips it till the water's gone, passes it back. And then the, the Sabador pours more hot water in there and passes it to the next guy. And like, it's like I got a communal aspect. Like everybody's right. sitting around waiting on their chance to get a, a sip of this. Instead of everybody having their own cup, working their own deals, it's kind of like a, we're doing this together. Right. Uh, I think they, they, what I was told, they used to do this in a horn, in a cow's horn. Because they've had me do it from a horn. Yeah, I and, bet. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't have these fancy cups years and years, no, and years no. ago. And I, I, someone sent me a picture of a guy. I believe the photograph is probably 70, 80 years old. And the guy is a Argentine hobo, if you will. And he was a migratory worker. And by hobo, that's what I mean, migratory worker. And he was in this little tiny hut on the side of the road. It looked like one of these Catholic shrines that are up every... Uh, every dangerous curve. Yeah. <laughs> and the dude was actually sitting inside this little... Uh, house, if you will, d drinking mate out of a cow's steer's horn, and so that's when I realized it's, it's not some new trend here. No, 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 no. Wow, dude. I remember hearing people talk about the wind mm -hmm. down here. Mm -hmm. but I swear, the further south I get, the gnarlier the wind gets. Nico's telling me that every day it's going to get windier and windier, and there are window time windows where we want to make certain mountain passes at certain times of the day. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be having a bad day. Wear your parachute. Yeah, I don't have yeah. any instruction like that on my ride. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. My partner uh, is a I went over one guy. yesterday, dude. I swear. You know, you've ridden on the pavement where you're leaning into the wind, you know, and then, right. like, it lets up and you... You fucking, you go over, you know, you go to the opposite side of the road and then it picks back up and you lean in. That's all fine and dandy. I can manage that. Right. Doing it on gravel is a whole different fucking game, dude. Right. That big ass bike of mine, dude, I'm like leaned over in the wind and then it like fucking 
let's go, and then I almost fall over. As soon as I get it straightened back up, the wind blows again. Now I'm drifting, just sliding across the marbles on the top of the fucking road. It's exhilarating, oh man. Gosh, I can only imagine. How much does that Pan American weigh? It's like 550 pounds. 550? That's it's pretty like light. A, it's like a, a big sportster. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Except for it's a little taller. Right. The, you know, I, I have most of my shit on the sides, but mm-hmm. no, I got a big, I, my heavy shit, important stuff is on the top of the bike. So mm-hmm. I don't have weighted as. As best as you could. Best as I probably could. But mm-hmm. that being said, you know, I rode my Sportster dirt bike around the country for a minute and it's better than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's definitely you, a step in the right direction. You know, I built, I built one of these before these came out. Uh, it's a uh, 03 uh, Sportster. It's been uh, it's 1200 now, and her name is Chlamydia. Wow. She's got a five. <laughs> wow. She's got a five, 5.9 gallon fuel tank. Uh, uh, Paco actually made these tanks. They didn't sell well. It's the biggest Sportster tank you're ever going to see, and apparently nobody wanted to buy those. And uh, I found some existing stock. And uh, I used a Y-Glide front ends because uh, it's the largest springs that you can have in a Harley-Davidson uh, forks there. And uh, uh, outfitted it accordingly, aluminum pan airs that are completely oversized and uh, raised the ride height up. Uh, Charlie Weitzel uh, told me what tire combination to use to get the Anarchy Wild on there and all that, lights everywhere. Um, homemade aluminum tour pack on there for my cameras and video equipment. And uh, I basically the bike is too big for me now because I'm five I'm five nine. Yeah. And this thing is uh, catches a lot of wind. It is actually over two foot longer than a stock Sportster. So two foot longer. Two foot longer. The Panthers are are fucking huge. Char- Charlie calls them fish tanks. He thinks they look like fish tanks. They're so They're fucking that big. big. They're huge. But uh, so yeah, I, I got a Sportster. Uh, Scrambler off-road bike if you want, but that's the alarm on my bike going off there. <laughs> that's the sports someone's, back home. So someone stolen. Yeah, being pulled out of my. Yeah, chair. so when I built mine, I think my biggest complaint with it was I built it too high. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I thought I needed a bunch of ground clearance. Yeah, you don't. No, you don't need that no. much. Now I can't touch and the ground like on the, the hill. That's like the the biggest hold or setback with it. You know, like. Yeah, it's just like not being able to just easily touch the ground and mm-hmm. maneuver. But I mean, it's like my Sportster dirt bike surprises me every time I ride it. It's like mm-hmm. it works really fucking well. And I did, I just put leather saddlebags on it and a sissy bar, and I had roto packs on either side, like one with water, one with gas, and then saddlebags that hung over the sides of those. It's a pretty slick little setup, but dude, this thing's way better. Fucking Pan America. Yeah. <laughs> so much better, dude. Dude, I, I'm really digging this this Honda Falcon I purchased down here. I mean, at 3000 bucks, you know, back in the States, I might maybe worth 2500 somewhere in that ballpark. But, yeah. But for my size, uh, being 145 pounds, five foot nine, you know, because we're not, we don't need a lot of horsepower here. The roads that I've traveled, and I've, you know, been up north on 40 and all that. But, uh, what I'm finding going from asphalt to to gravel and large chunks of gravel, and uh, uh, it's just more maneuverable for me. 
uh, less taxing on my body and I can go harder and longer. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I don't need 100 horsepower. I mean, I, I think uh, most of my sportsters are about 65 horsepower and, you know, for the speeds I travel. I, I don't need to. I mean, most of the good roads over here, they got a bunch of fucking turns on them and mm -hmm. they're gravel. So you're yeah. not hauling ass anyways. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, most of the people down here do, most of the travelers, like there are the weekend warrior guys that are like, that I see running the big bikes. Uh, but most of the younger guys are, they're running 300s. Yeah. 300s, 250s, 400s. Now, the amount of shit they put on them, I don't know where the fuck they're going, dude, but the country ain't that big. Dude, I've never seen anybody have a... I think, mean, not only are they... this guy over here? He's got, like, two two of the big roto packs. Like, not the small ones. He's got two of the big ones. He's got a deep-sea fishing pole and all sorts of other shit. It's even broke down. It's still, like, six foot long, the sections are. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge pole. And that's a 300. Yeah. And I guarantee he's got a kettle on there for the mate Dude, and all that Oh, kind of yeah, shit. that's true. He's I got forget the, the mate rig is... Mm. I'm taking a mate rig home. Dude, you should see my, my outfit. <laughs> Dude, I got, the, I got the wooden plate. Have you seen the wooden plate? Oh, no. So bikers here in Argentina, I've been to like three or four bike rally. They call them moto gatherings. And uh, they, all they eat here is beef, man. Yeah. Dude, meat, 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 meat all the time. So they, they cook these half sides of beef at these biker parties. And I love the way they do it. They have, like, the fire pit with the grill off to the side. They right. build a big-ass fire right. over here. I, I've, been, I've been studying this art, fucking... and I can do it now. Yeah. I, I've been entrusted with my own tools and stuff. Oh, now. It's, shit, It's taken several months. Six months, what? and they're already fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're giving you, you the cooking you, tools? Yeah, you got, you got to use carbon. They use carbon. They, they've never heard of charcoal briquettes. Oh, yeah. And carbon is very hot. And it's slow cooking, and dinner is served between 10 and 11 o'clock at night it's here. It's fucking insane. And, I, and the longer, I, now that I've been down here longer, uh, I, I understand a little bit more why. It's because the sun doesn't set till fucking 9.30 or yeah. 10, you and, know? And like, the sunsets are, are different here, too. And I noticed that they, they last a lot longer and they're brighter. And I live in Arizona in the Sun Belt. I mean, we got some beautiful sunsets. Yeah, I got some in Texas, but they it's do last different. a lot it's, longer It's, here. Uh, I think, the proximity to the equator and stuff. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It just, it's beautiful rides in the evening here. I love it. We got two hikers over here taking photos Dis of us. Distracting. Just dumping them out. <laughs> lots they, must, of, they must be influencers. Lots of, hey man, I slept at a hostel last night. This beautiful girl walks in. She's sleeping in the bed next to me. And we chit chat a little bit. And uh, then this morning I go to the gas station for some coffee. And I see her. She's backpacking to Ushuaia, hitchhiking. And there's a lot of that. A know? lot of that. A lot of young people. I couples, imagine that's what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Lots of hitchhikers. Yeah, that's refreshing too, man. Tons I like to see of that. bikers, dude. Tons of bikers. It's dude. insane. The so I met a guy yesterday. I uh, I stopped at a gas station, and uh, I was I guess I was fixing to go to a campsite, and I was gonna get some supplies. And this dude, I see roll out. I guess he got there before me because he was pulling away from the pumps on a fucking Harley Davidson Deuce. Oh. And I'm like, man, <laughs> look at this guy on this fucking Deuce, and. I don't know which direction he came from, but I'd been on a gravel road for like fucking two hours, you know, yeah. with washboards and shit. 
And uh, so I go out there and I'm looking at his bike and there's a big sticker on it with like these arrows and shit. And before I can like pinpoint what's going on with this big sticker, he yells at me, says something about Harley Davidson, blah, blah, blah. And it just starts talking 100 miles an hour to me, you know? Right. I'm like, all right, I hey, I don't spinning. fucking get this, you know, slow down. And I'm like, I'm from Texas. And he's like, oh, I'm from Spain. I was like, get the fuck out of here. He, he rode to Siberia last year, like went oh, to the fucking shit. Arctic Circle through Russia. Wow. And then he just flew his bike here to Buenos Aires and has rode down to Ushuaia and is now on his way to Alaska. Holy shit. But this dude was oh, a fucking dude. trip, man. Oh, so God. then we get to talking and, uh, you know, he's stoked at first. And, and then he says, you know, your bike. I don't like your bike. I'm like, oh, yeah? He's like, yeah, it's just very anti-Harley. Mm. And I just let it go, you know, like, whatever. We go to the campsite later that evening, and uh, we're, we're hanging out with this fucking couple. And he goes on this rant again, and I'm like, all right, I can't let it go this time. You're like, you're on a fucking deuce. You're on a twin cam. Like, dude, that, that is the beginning of anti-Harley, dude. Like, right. I just couldn't even, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah, there's some old iron here, though. Man, I heard a story the other day, and uh, the guy led me to this town uh, about 60 kilometers, and I found a 23JD. In Argentina? Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, it was in, maybe in Italy, and uh, obviously a war bike. And uh, then when the guy in Argentina who got it, uh, who has it, he said it came to him in apple crates. And uh, he's putting them back together. And I contacted Jason Sims and had some questions to help these guys get some info. And so they're trying to put it together. Oh yeah, it's, it's pretty much together. A lot of homemade parts, tanks, stuff like that. The guy has. <laughs> that is he's a pretty good, pretty good mechanic. This guy. Wow. So, yeah. Because was, there isn't a lot of old stuff down here. No, there is, but they're like Zanella. Like you know, Zanella is a. a a Argentine motorcycle brand. Oh, okay. Around 1937, I think, uh, Zanella started. I, I call it the Argentine Harley, you know. Uh, I whipped a 250 Zanella up to 15,000 feet for 2,000 miles across salt flats and deserts. And, uh, and I mean, I, I held it wide open the whole time. A lot of parts fell off of it, but that engine was still <laughs> running when I made it back to Santa Fe, Argentina. Oh, so I made me gosh. a believer right then. Zanella. I've seen this. I didn't realize. Yeah. They, they, and they're still around today. This yes. is like their current yes. company as well. Yeah, and they make like, uh, they also make some ATVs now, uh, four wheeler type deal. And they also make a trike. It's kind of reminds me of like a Cushman or something. But these guys use it. A, you're a handyman, so you can't afford a work van or a pickup truck. You're going to buy this Zanella. So I got a little truck bed on the back and a motorcycle on the front. Yeah. And I've even seen lawnmowers. It, it's like a Briggs and Stratton mini bike with a with a huge ass lawnmower deck underneath of it. Really? So even when they're mowing the grass, man, they're riding a motorcycle here. <laughs> Dude, in, in Peru, they have so many of those fucking truck bed yeah. fucking motorcycles, like all over the whole fucking country. Dude. And they also have these like, it's like a tiller motor. Yeah. Tiller motor with two wheels. It's got the long tiller handles. Yeah. And they're sitting on like a bench with a fucking truck bed behind them. Just yeah. going down the road. Yeah. They like, got those in Nepal as well. Yeah, this is interesting, man. 
First time I seen one, I told my buddy, I said, man, I got to have one of that. I can, I can sleep in the back of that thing, man. Put yeah, me a around on. it with fucking <laughs> six horsepower and fucking eight miles an hour. Can you imagine the gas mileage? I, I don't know. I can't even do that kind of math. <laughs> that'd, no, be a, that'd be algebra or some shit. Uh, I haven't seen any. I ha, it'd be cool to see one of those tricked out for travel. You know? Yeah. Like, I've seen a bunch of random shit, like the guy that was just here on the scooter. Right. But I've yet to see, like, you know, a fucking tiller motor and truck bed, like, with all his camping gear and gas on the side going down the fucking um, route to Quarenta. I'm sure somebody's doing it. I'm right? Sure. There's got to be. I mean, this is an American dream all over. I mean, if you think about the history in the United States and the Tin Can Highway, the reason it got named the Tin Can Highway is because people were modifying their, their motorcycles and their Model A's. Well, now the American dream was to travel across the country, and they discarded all those tin cans that they were eating out of. Now I need a history lesson, because I don't even know what the fuck the Tin the Can Link, Highway the, the is. The Lincoln Highway. It was called the Tin Can Highway. What's the Lincoln Highway? Oh, shit. It goes all over the United States. Uh, what is it, Nebraska, Utah? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But uh, the, I've been on the Lincoln Highway many times. <laughs> I get confused. Where have I been? So is it like, does it run east to west? Is yeah, it like Route yeah, 66? Yeah, yeah, I think it's east to west, sure. Yeah. The Tin but, uh, Can Highway. Yeah, the Lincoln, the Lincoln Highway. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah, it's, that's always, you know. I mean, because I look at Route, route, route the Cuarenta, as like Route 66 in America. Yeah, me too. You know, stretches from yeah. east to west. There right. goes north to south or south to north. And they all want to ride Route 66, and guys like us want to ride 40. So, What's funny is I didn't even know about Route 40. Yeah. Like coming down here, I just, I'm on it. Like I'm on the, the Route of Divino, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, this is fucking amazing. And then... I start talking to other bikers and they mention Ruta Cuarenta. And then I go, oh, I've heard of this. And I had to look back. The guys from uh, Cannonball, mm-hmm. WW Cycles, right. they fucking came over here from Germany and rode the whole Ruta Cuarenta on rigid choppers. Nice. Rigid choppers. The washboards that we've been going down, they did the whole fucking thing on rigid choppers. I mean, given they're like looking for welders half the time you know right fucking putting the shit back together him. but you can find they him. got welders down here what what i like is when your bike breaks down instead of being in the united states you're stranded on the side of the road and you wait six hours man because you got triple a you think that's your safety net you wait six hours and the guy gets there and you're still paying x amount of dollars out of your yeah, pocket and you can't go with him no no you can't <laughs> even ride in the fucking truck <laughs> Here, we had a bike breakdown yesterday. Actually, we had two, bri- two bikes in our group of 10 break down. Both bikes were on 40, on Route 40, in a desolate, I mean, there wasn't a, a house for And know, that's 40 something kilometers. we need to make clear. Like, as popular as Route 40 is, there are stretches where you don't see anybody no. for a long no. fucking time. You might see one gaucho uh, living out there, and he's, you know, a cattle guy, and uh, he probably doesn't. You know, he might have a pickup truck or something, so you're not going to knock on his door, hey, man, in the middle of the night, you got any gasolina? You know, I mean, I did a whole out. stretch today without seeing anything, like a whole yeah. and traffic, a whole man. gas tank right. on Route 40. Right. I passed some cars, but I didn't see, like, a, there wasn't a gas tank. No. There wasn't shit. No. And, you know, I'm used to 100-mile stretches without anything, Amboy, um, you know, area um, in California and stuff, close to Camp Vagabond. 
I travel through there all, all the time on the way to on the way to California, and uh, it, you know, a hundred mile stretch here, that ain't shit. Dude, you know the Amboy guy? He's probably listening to this. <laughs> you think? Oh, dude, yeah, he loves it. <laughs> oh, he they eats just it said up. Amboy. He loves it, dude. <laughs> I know He's a couple making guys. videos and sending them to me. Oh, really? Yeah, the guy hey. from the gas station. Oh, really? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he rides, like, dude. He fucking... Hey, he, what's up, Amboy? He eats it up. I, I think he needs to redo that little hotel he's got going on there, <laughs> right beside there. You hear cool. that, bud? I don't know his name. <laughs> Open that place back up. Dude, I was there one time when I experienced my first hoobob, a desert storm. And I'm, I'm riding. Hold know, on, it's a hoobob. A hoobob. It's a desert storm. So it's just a massive windstorm in the desert where sand blocks out the sun. You can't see anything. You can't even see the road in front of your face. So uh, I, I'm traveling through that area, and I see this big impending brown cloud. And it just grew larger and larger until it blocked out the mountain. And I was, I was heading right towards it. And you know, you've been there, there ain't shit out there, man. No. And it, it got up to like 75, 80 mile an hour winds. And uh, to, got to the point where I couldn't ride. I just had to uh, sit on the side of the road and keep my bike from blowing over. But it was a challenging ride. It was a great experience. It's kind of rare uh, to be that bad in, in that area where I was. And I got some good video of it and shit, you know, Dude. so it can't be In that. West Texas, we have those things. I don't think, we don't call them hoobobs. Okay. What do you call it? I don't know. Well, what, what the craziest thing I've been out there is like the dirt. It's not sand. It's just dirt. Okay. But it'll rain mud. Oh. Like at the beginning, the front of the storm, it's just blowing dust and shit because it's so dry. Right. And then the dirt's in the air. And then when the rain gets to you, it just rains mud for oh, a minute. Oh, jeez. It's fucking gnarly. It's just like mud drops falling from the sky that's crazy oh it's brutal what an experience it's fucking brutal man and there's nothing out there either and you know you got to ride a lot to find these experiences you know as as difficult as they may be when they're that fucking car's someone's trying to break into my bike again yeah, your bike again that's right your bike somebody's trying to get you better back off that sportster again yeah the alaskan no i never heard of a hoobop yeah how did we get to amboy I don't, I don't remember. Oh, the long stretches, because 40. Oh, yeah. For, yeah, even though we were talking about how pop, populated 40 is, but not, mm -hmm. like, just the, like, all these people here right now, how the fuck did they get here? Because I didn't see hardly right. anybody coming here on 40. That's what I'm thinking, because there's a lot of people here. This is a big town. Yeah. Like, a beautiful town. I love it how it's like, got, they just got horns honking all the time. All the time, <laughs> nonstop. In the middle of the night. Oh. You guys wouldn't believe how windy it is, too. Like, and we're in the perfect spot for this. Yeah, we got a great view. Have you guys found any hot springs on your trip yet? Uh, yeah, we are going to a hot spring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to make it to a hot spring on our route. And uh, we're also going to go to a glacier. It's one of the seven wonders of the world, man. So. Never thought that motorcycling would take me to one of the seven wonders of the world, or however many wonders there are. Well, I skipped out on a couple of them so far on this trip. Have you? Yeah, there must be a lot of them here. No, I mean, there's no, there's seven. Right, but I don't think they're all in South America, are well, they? Well, there's one of one other for sure. Okay. And that's... Uh, seven wonders of the world. What is it? What's the name of it? The fucking horn honking. Yeah, the glacier. Yeah, there is one in the seven. 
Seven Wonders. But the other Seven Wonders, or one of them is, uh, fuck, Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. Yeah. Yeah. I passed that up. Peru is a fucking shithole. Yeah. Don't do your tours through Peru. Nah. Or Venezuela. Really? I hear Venezuela's nice this time of year. Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if you're into explosive devices and automatic gunfire. I bet it's going to start up again. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. Just look in that direction and start honking. So there's a glacier that's a, a wonder of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Perito Moreno. Okay. Monito. Perito. 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 Moreno. See. I think I have that marked on my map. Yeah. Can't pass up a glacier, man. One of the seven wonders of the world is fuck. I'll turn off a few miles to get there. Yeah. Uh, are you guys going to go 40 all the way? Or are you crossing into Chile? No, we're not going into Chile uh, because uh, I'll just tell you, uh, we don't want to be hassled with the papers for the Harley going in and out of Chile, back and forth. Really? So, uh these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers. I don't understand what what the hell. I, you can go I over there and cut the wires of the battery. This is what we get for finding such a nice spot. Yeah, right? There's a price to pay for the view. That's really not that loud on the microphone. It's not? No. All right. <laughs> In real life, it's pretty fucking loud. Yeah, I'm going to cross into Chile uh, down maybe in a day or two, and go and ride the Route 7 down, kind of almost to O'Higgins, and then cu cut back over. Mm -hmm. We're coming back Route 3. Yeah, me too. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, I'll do, I'm going to do Route 3 straight to Buenos Aires. I got a buddy with a chopper shop there, Invader Cycle Supply. Really? Yeah, I'm going to go see him, and then... Well, I got to get to Ushuaia first. Right. First things first. Right. Get to the fucking, the bottom of the earth. Oh, man. Have you been there yet? No, I haven't been there yet, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, to say the least. Uh, and I'm not trying to get too excited because, you know, until I actually get there. Yeah, it's because still a long it ways a, away. It's a long ways. I think we're at about 40% right now. And uh, it's going to obviously be extremely challenging. And... Uh, no, I, I put a lot of time and effort into this because I enjoy it so much. And, uh, but uh, I'm just hoping I can, as an old man, I can pull oh, it off. Oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I mean, I think you're 40%. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 90%. Right. From Texas. Maybe even more than that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a long, a long way to get man. to this point. It's taking some time. And it's been fucking just insane the whole way, you know? And I hadn't, I th honestly thought I was going to run into more Americans the further, like, really, once I got to this point, and I guess I did, I ran into my first one right here, fucking right. Troy from Arizona. Uh, but I just have a feeling that, you know, this would be when I'd start running into more Americans. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily on motorcycles, but yeah, also on motorcycles. Mm -hmm. I'm a part of this group text right now. Mm -hmm. on WhatsApp, and it's motherfuckers with horns that honk. <laughs> All the you need to block time. it. You need to block uh, it now. But no, it's it's people riding south okay. in South America. Mm -hmm. Not not the people going north, just people lit literally going south. And there's like 60 people 
in this group text. Wow. All, I mean, all the way from, I mean, Central America to here. Mm-hmm. I think there, there's a couple, couple of people that are further south than me by like a day or so. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them text in a minute. I may have caught up with them by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, surely I'll run into somebody else on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's funny seeing adventure bikes go by. Like right. going, I've been seeing more of them go north, though. Right. Yeah. And dude, I'm just like, I get so excited. I'm just like, yeah. Just, just assuming that they're from America and they're really far from home, even right. though they're they're, they're probably, probably from, from Brazil. Yeah, yeah, Brazil or fucking Santiago or, right. you know. Yeah. But, man, these Brazilian dudes, they ride, the, they love the 650s and 1200 Bs, man. They Really? Lots of big bikes over there? Yeah. Yeah, from what uh, people that I meet at the gas stations and this and that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of serious riders from Brazil. Well, they got a hell of a culture. Yeah, my partner says it's a great place to visit and ride, and the people are fucking... Dude, I talked to a, party. I met a guy in Peru. He was on a cachiva. Cachiva. You know what a cachiva is? Uh, I'm not sure. It's C A G I V A. Okay. I don't know. Japanese? No, no, no. It's like probably fucking German. Hell, I don't know what the fuck it is. Okay. Not Japanese though. Okay. Uh, I did know what it was. Now I can't think of what it is. Because that was like the first iteration of the company, I think. Okay. But uh, anyways, he spent like fucking three months in Brazil, and he said it was amazing. He built this bike uh, to ride the Road of Bones. Uh-huh. It's funny, right? Yeah. He builds it to ride the Road of Bones, and the, you know, then the war starts, and he's like, fuck it. I just sent it to Santiago and started riding South America. He did it in the middle of winter. He said it was the most dumbest thing he's ever Jesus, done. He showed up, and it was fucking freezing cold. Oh, my God. Uh but he ended up spending three months in Brazil, and he said it was fucking amazing. Wow. He said the women, the, the food, course. the drugs, the parties. He went to a biker rally. He said it was like the coolest fucking biker rally he's ever been to. Yeah. Probably a lot of American rock and roll, too, man. Yeah. Here in Argentina, that's their favorite. Dude, so. what about, what is it, Larenga? Larenga. Larenga. You about, know, have they yeah. introduced you to Larenga? Yeah. Uh, Popo, Riff. <laughs> Popo, baby. Uh, New 66. Dude, we were drinking fucking matcha, and these guys were like, you gotta fucking, you gotta <laughs> <Yeah>. hear Larenga. <laughs> Larenga and the mate. Uh, You're in Argentina, bro. Man. It's <laughs> too real. good. It's too good. Yeah. And then I got, there's some guys, there's another company, or a shop in Buenos Aires that has a bunch of Harleys. Mm. Choppers. Mm-hmm. They did a big trip down to, to Ushuaia on 40 as well, not couple years ago fuck i can't even think of how i got a hold of those guys. oh the guys in santiago turned me on to them mm. but there's some choppers down here yeah yeah i met another tour guide uh, uh or i met a serious tour guide i should say uh, his name's mati uh, he's got a motorcycle hostel and uh we stayed at his place and he took me and showed me his personal collections of choppers and uh he had some BMWs. He had some. He had trans slaps. Uh, he's he's. There's there's my horn right now. Uh, they are uh, on their way to Ushuaia right now, and uh, with a group of 15 guys, and they're all they're all German. Whoa. So this guy's. Uh, he what are leads they on? BMWs. Uh, the owner of that company is German. And obviously, he's got it going on. He's been doing the motorcycle tours to Patagonia for 15 years now. Oh, and uh, he's got his shit together, bro. And 
we stayed at Madi's Hostel and, and he really helped us out with our, our touring business, giving us information and help. And uh, he's a solid dude and wish him a lot of luck making it there with all of his customers. 15 guys. Dude. Now, does he supply the bikes or do they yeah, ship them over from yeah. Germany? Yeah, it's 15 grand, bro. 15 grand. So what they do is they, they start up here in the north and they travel south to Ushuaia. Mm -hmm. And then he has another group that flies into Ushuaia and they take the bikes and they ride the, the route north. Holy fuck. So, yeah. So There's a lot of logistics in that. Yeah, man. Can you imagine? And then uh, Mate says that it, it is like a complete different route. Instead of like, you know, some roads you go north. And you come back south, you know, oh, I remember that barn, I remember this landmark, whatever it may be. Not on Route 40, bro. It's, you don't even feel like you're on the, you don't see anything, any kind of similarities, he's saying. Saying both ways is just incredible. Yeah. Mind-numbing. Well, I mean, what I read about 40 was like, it's one of the most dangerous roads because it's mind-numbing. It's yes. like just straight, yes. fucking loose gravel for miles. And then yes. there's like a slight turn. But you're going, you've gotten comfortable going straight at fucking 70 miles an hour. Right. And then the turn shows up. And you're right. like, you're in fucking la-la land. Right. And people go off the road. Yeah. And it almost happened to me twice already. Yeah. Well, just the other day, two days ago, it was uh, pretty sketchy for me because I was on 40. I'm going past this volcano. I'm just, you know, I'm entranced by this volcano. And... Uh, it just, the, the, the asphalt stops and it's dirt. There are no kind of signs. If maybe there was, but they're not anything <laughs> recognizable to me. I'm staring at the volcano. And so it would go from, from uh, asphalt to gravel, and then another little stretch of asphalt. And you know, after you've been on, on gravel, on sketchy gravel for 30 miles, and you see some blacktop, you want to drop a gear and get some wind, and then boom. There's the gravel, gravel again, again, surprise. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, man. See, it gets me the other way, where it's fucking pavement for a really long time, and then you come around to turn, and the pavement's gone, and it's loose gravel, and you're rolling fucking God knows how fast, and then now you're on loose shit. Dude, I was in Peru. Oh, my God. The speed limit was like, I don't know, 40 kilometers an hour, which, you know, there's turns and shit like Okay, I'm going way faster than that. And then there's like a long straightaway, and it drops down to 20 kilometers. And I'm like, that's weird. I fucking go faster because it's straight. Right. Come around to turn, dude. The fucking road's gone. Like, literally, <laughs> the fucking road is gone. Come around to turn to the right. It's a blind turn with this big mountain. There's a river off to my left. Come around the turn. The fucking road's gone. There's like a four-foot drop. Now, the four-foot drop is like... There's a, like, you just roll down in it if you're going the posted speed limit. Right. When you're fucking going as fast as I am, you just launch off of it. And as I'm making the turn, I realize that I'm not going to be able to make the turn. There's another vehicle coming at me. I just fly off of it, go to the outside of them, you know, like, in between the river and the fucking vehicle, the van or truck going the other way. Dude, oh, my God, it fucking freaked me the fuck out. So I was like, okay. The posted speed limits, you know. Yep. Maybe there's something to that. Yep, maybe. Fuck. Maybe, just maybe. That's what gets me is the pavement to gravel. Yeah. Dude, and then yesterday I hit a patch of road, and it was muddy as fuck. Like that, that slick, like, before I got to it, a guy in a car pulled me over and said, don't go any <laughs> further. 
And I'm like, that's always a good sign. I'm like, yeah, fucking right. Like, what? Like, you just came here in this fucking little thing. What? Like, look at my Harley Davidson. Like, like I can't make it through the. Ne- oh, dude, it was fucking close. Yeah. I mean, it was that slick, slick mud. And then, you know, there. And then it got to a point where it went from mud to a, a pavement patch, to mud to pavement patch. So I stopped on one of the pavement patches and uh, put it on the kickstand and went like. Was just gonna pee off the side of the pavement patch, but a vehicle came up. So I was right. like, "Oh, I'll walk over to the other side of the shoulder." You know, like not like there's a tree I can get behind, right? But right. as soon as I step off this pavement patch, I go up to my ankle. I sink oh. to my ankle in this fucking deep ass mud. That and that was before I got into the the shoulder. The next right. step, dude, I almost lost my whole fucking boot. I was just like, I, and there was multiple times where I'm riding in this slick shit and I see the. The stuff over there that doesn't have tracks on it, I'm like, you know, I could right. probably just ride over there, make my own fresh tracks, and it not be as slick, and I'd have some. I'm so fucking glad I didn't do that, and yeah. I stopped to take a piss and realized that don't leave the fucking right. tracks at all, yeah, and they'll be they're, fucked. And there ain't no shoulder, That's dude. If I bury that fucking Harley Davidson in mud, I'm waiting, you know, yeah. waiting for somebody. Guys, yeah, gonna have up. to come along with a little sulky and a donkey. Oh, that, and yeah, hook whatever, you up. Whatever, man. as long as somebody came along, <laughs> I don't fucking care, dude. Oh my oh, it, god. I'm sorry, they want to go. Come okay. go. Okay. Do you want yeah. with us? Um, do you want the ADS coming around? Five kilometers? Wait, us. Okay, yeah. What's that? Drop it a pin. In, in my bike, in the saddlebag. Is the pen to take it? Okay, the name company. Perfect. It's five kilometers. Okay. Is there water? Are we gonna fish? Yeah. Yeah. Lake. Okay, good. Lake. All right. Please. Here. Dude, I have. This is like the fishing area. Yeah. Like this, I just. I told Dude. you. I've been the fucking traveling all this way. I haven't fucking fished yet. I mean, I even broke down. I mean, I'm thinking about once I get a little further south, is just getting like fucking paying a guy, you know, like put me on, put me on the big. I keep seeing. I walked in the fucking store today, and there's these dudes holding up these giant fucking brown trouts and salmon. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. I the, mean, the first indicator for me was a a statue of a a guy. Uh, See you later. later, bro. Of a guy at the, uh, he was probably about 15 foot tall, and he had a fishing pole, and about 25 feet away was a giant salmon, sculpt, you know, sculpted sculpture. Yeah, and uh, and I'm like, well, that was kind of unusual. And then I went over to the first bridge, and I noticed that the water only looked like it was a couple feet deep, with great big stones in there, and oh, crystal yeah. clear water. Oh, now I know what's up. This is a fly fishing. Look at that guy. You see that? Oh, he's gonna go out there windboard surfing, yeah. dude! Oh my god! So well, when he's I was in the right fucking place, when I was in Peru, I stopped at this place. I'm not even gonna try and fucking come up with right. the name of it, but it was like it was, it was on the ocean. And I get there, and there's these two guys from uh, Sweden, maybe. Fuck, I don't know where they're from. They're from Europe, mm-hmm. or over, or, you know. Yeah, there. Sweden and Europe. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> it might be. I've heard uh, of it. But they were telling me, 
that they were there for a month staying at this fucking, uh, it was a surf hostel I was at. Nice. But over the next month, this was going to be the like the longest, maybe not the longest, it was going to be a three fucking kilometer wave. Like a like a oh my, yeah. like a wave that they could surf for three kilometers Holy down the beach. Holy shit! And then they pack a lunch or and what? Then they, well, they fucking usually they, there's people out there watching that'll give you rides back because there's uh, just people that are stoked to see right see somebody catch one of those long right. waves. They'll like ride the beach like watching them and then <laughs> give them a ride back. It's like fuck, that's. Uh, so I got introduced to surfing on this trip in Costa Rica. Oh, and nice place like, to get introduced. It's fucking. Changed, I got introduced man. in Puerto Rico. Really? How's that? Oh, fuck. Reef break, and uh, it likes to bounce my head off <laughs> of a rock. Yeah. That's not where there. you learn. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, not rolling. how you want to get introduced. They started me out with four-foot waves. Then The next time I, I had a chance to do some surfing was in Florida, in, in Cocoa Beach, on the little two-footers. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this ain't shit. No. But, uh, yeah, I recently uh, took some surfing lessons in California, and, and uh, on the first day of instruction, when I started to get halfway serious about it, my instructor told me, he said, surfing is 99% swimming, dude, and 1% surfing. Yeah. And so, uh, I can't imagine, you know, Costa Rica, bro, that's, that's a mucho danger there. No. No? no? Where I was at, no, that, that's what's so awesome about Costa Rica, mm. is it's not as much swimming. Oh, I see. Like the way, like, okay, there are, pl- it's, you get, you can do both, but like, where I was at in Tamarindo, there was a wave that you could walk out to. Now, it wasn't a huge wave, but it was a great wave to that ride. just kept coming. Right. You could get a bunch of sets in. Right. You know, I didn't get a bunch of sets, but like somebody who's, you know, is good at this. Better at surfing. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very, very good beginner-friendly spot. Right. It's, and it's got levels, and the waves just keep coming. Like, there's, you know, you're not sitting out there waiting. Like, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what we do in California there. Is it? Yeah, a lot of waiting. Oh, a lot of waiting? Depends on the season, of course. Yeah. But I haven't tried surfing in the winter in California. Not really. I mean, that's when you surf in California, I thought. Yeah, it's the best time, I yeah. guess. <laughs> when you're not waiting as much? <laughs> yeah. God, dang, I mean, that fucking water is cold in the summertime, mm. dude. Yeah, it is. It is. Where do you surf in California? Uh, uh, close to, right in the Long Beach area. My buddy's got a little surf school there and the, the bread band and all that cool shit. So uh, they, they call him the saint of Seal Beach. Tr- I am trying to ignore surfing mm. because I already have enough expensive hobbies. You know, man, what it is for me is the first time I felt the earth lift me up on that water, I wasn't expecting to feel the elevation in the wave the way I did, although it may only be four feet. But once I caught my first wave and was able to get up on my board. And when it puts you in the, you know, when you're in the pocket and yeah. like you, that, that wave really starts moving you. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty exhilarating. And uh, it's a great high, man. It's, you know, you gotta kind of be in shape for it. Yeah, well, I, what I loved, now this might've been just fucking full moon and a head full of acid <laughs> on the beach of Costa Rica, but like, just like slowing down in, in like learning, looking at the land, how the wave's coming in, where it's breaking. Timing waves. Yeah, timing the sets, like seeing how, just like a, a, like so you got the wave itself, 
But then you got the wave of the waves, you know, yeah. that's like, that's working that whole set. And just like putting that all together and, you know, and then also like the other aspect is like the pecking order, you know, mm-hmm. like where I was surfing, there wasn't like, you know, there wasn't a fuck ton of people trying to be in the right spot at the right time. But like, right. I, I kind of like respect the idea of like having, you know, you, you pretty much have to like situate your, situate your life around catching, you know, being in the right spot at the right time, you know? And that right. means, like, everything that you do throughout the day revolves around being in the water, which is changing every day with the Absolutely. fucking times of the waves, you know? Like, I don't know. All that is just fucking very intriguing to me. Yeah, and, the, and I like the websites. There in Seal Beach, you get on the, on the Internet there, jump on the interweb, and you can see what the surf see, is going to be all day. you just do long. some acid... And watch the you can just feel coming. the universe and you know. No, you can, yeah, you can see it. Like, I'm telling you, you're like, you just see. And you're like, you know where the moon's at? Like, the way, oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't done any LSD and tried surfing, but but I, I do take psilocybin almost every time. I didn't do it at the time. same time. I just, like, oh. was being, I was around some servers that were just Server educating sit? me. Right. And that kind of information was bouncing off my head as I was just looking at the ocean for a couple of days. And, right. you know, it's just, I fucking... I could go, I could do that. Like, I'm, I've never been a water person. Right. Like, I, even at the hot springs, I'm like, a couple minutes in, I'm like, all right, I feel good. Go get in the cold river. Get back in the, I'm, and I'm done. Like, I don't, right. I don't go swimming. I don't hang out in swimming pools. I don't just go hang out at the beach. Now I kind of want to go hang out at the beach. Yeah. That has waves with a surfboard. And, like, I live 15 miles from the Colorado River. So, you know, living in the Mojave Desert. And being close to the Colorado River is a no-brainer. So, you know, I, you can usually find my van parked on the bank. Of the river. Of the river. In a van down by the river. <laughs> in a van by the oh river. Oh, my God, you're killing it, dude. Drinking margaritas and... Fucking riding bikes in Argentina and hanging out in the van in America. Man, I tell you, it's a dream come true, bro. Isn't it wild how this all came together down here? Yeah, it is. It's. it's uh, It'll be interesting to see how your y'all's program evolves. Uh, and how you're able to share this experience with other people. We're hopeful. We're hopeful. You know, after riding from Texas to Argentina, mm-hmm. not until I went up that Abacay Pass mm-hmm. and came down the other side into the wine country, mm. that was Damn. the first time on the whole trip where I was like, I got to bring my wife back and show her this. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I've been like, I'm putting together. I'm going I'm to say this out loud on a recording. <laughs> I'm going to do a fucking a couple's trip to Argentina. Probably 2025, 20, 26. She's going to love it, bro. And, like, just ship the bike to Buenos Aires mm-hmm. and just wrap, go up there to the Bolivia border and come down Route 40. Because mm-hmm. it's fucking it, something man. else down here, dude. It's incredible. It really is something. The colors... It's like the colors of the mountains too, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the colors of everything. Like it's it's just on our north tour, we go to the mountain of 19 colors. Yeah, and it it sounds it doesn't sound legit, but it is legit, man. What's crazy is though that mountain range, those colors mm -hmm. go all the way up through Bolivia and into Peru. Peru's the first place I've seen them, and then I saw them again in. 
Bolivia. Then I saw him again in fucking Argentina. So strange how it's so minimal, mineral rich, and you know erosion has exposed to all those colors. It's like that the unicorn threw up on this mountain or something. What's crazy you know? is like seeing postcards. You know, like I when I think of Patagonia, like not one specific image or anything, but like I just think of pictures maybe I've seen in books or postcards of mm-hmm. you know this like desert landscape that's filled with like pastel colors and riding through it the past couple of days it's like oh my like uh, it's just not even real like it's no, hard it's, to even accept yeah yeah it's weird it's surreal to me it's like the first time i looked over the edge of the grand canyon my, i just couldn't wrap my mind around it you know it's like am i really seeing that far down and i get the same feeling when i and and that to me that's kind of rare a rare feeling but and i have to really search for it in the United States, but here it's like around every bend or over every mountain pass. Yeah, what about when you like, you're riding down a gravel road, you're like trying to keep the bike upright, the wind's blowing, you're fucking, you know, everything's like, you know, you're working every sense. And then you like, you look up for a second and realize that you can see for, you can see so far away. Yeah. Like, and I've, I remember people saying like, oh, you can see forever in Argentina. Or like. I didn't didn't understand it until I'm like, yeah, you can just see so many fucking things, like there's just so many like mountains and hit, like I don't even know how to explain it. But no. you can see forever. You can see so much shit. Yeah, like, you just sit there all freaking day. I used to know. think like, you know, coming down off a mountain pass, you can see really far into a valley or, mm-hmm. but this is different. You can just like see so far across the land. And probably not miles, see another car or my, anything else. You're not seeing any fucking no. structures of any kind. No. Like, you can only see the road that you're on and then fucking Earth for so far. It's something else. There, I've met people here um, in the north, and that's where a lot of the Native American, or Native American, Native Indians live. And, uh, you know, they, they use the, uh, I don't know what those things are, alpacas. Mm-hmm. And they all have alpacas and goats, and the goats provide the cheese, the the milk, and the meat. And this house, man, it's mud brick, you know. And you can just pull over, and uh, you can chat with them, whatever. Maybe get some water, you know, if you needed something. And how these people live out there, man, it's just mind-boggling to me that this dude don't own a fucking car, bro. No. He he no. has a he's. No. And, and someone might say, this man I want to introduce you to, he wants to meet you, he's very wealthy. And then I get to this cat's house, and he's wealthy because he has 15 goats, okay? Not just three goats, but he's got 15 goats. So he's like a pillar of the community, you gotta meet this dude, he's got it going on. And I love those experiences, man, it's just. Dude, today, was it today, maybe it was, I don't know, it was yesterday, I was on this fucking, God-forsaken stretch of gravel road that just went on forever, and you know, and when I say gravel road, this isn't like a gravel no, road in the no, states. Like no. this is like, it's like a gravel that's so deep it moves like sand. Right. right? Mm-hmm. It's fucking wild, and uh, but I, I hadn't seen anything, anybody, nothing for, I don't know how long, mm-hmm. a couple hours, right? And then all of a sudden, I just see a guy on a horse. Oh, yeah. Like, not off the side of the road, like 100, 200 yards off the road. 
Yeah. I can tell you there's nothing no. anywhere that I've seen for, mm -hmm. like, nothing. Like no. I, <laughs> they're real gauchos here, man. They're, they're real cowboys. No, well, you know no one doubt thing about it. That I thought would be a fucking fun thing to do is, you know, like, and I met a guy when I was in Columbia. He flew down from Washington with a bicycle in his <laughs> fucking suitcase. And he toured around Columbia on a bicycle. Nice. And I'm like, yo, oh, you know, that's, that's weird. And then uh, when I met him, we were on this, we were climbing out of this fucking mountain valley of Bogota. Uh-huh. Oh, man. And uh, so he was like, yeah, let's try and meet at this place for dinner. And I'm like, or for, to stay at this hotel in this little town. I'm like, cool. And I'm riding away like, you know, I'm going to have, you know, all have already been fed and have <laughs> right. a buzz going by the time this motherfucker shows up. He never made it that night. But climb this fucking out of this valley. And then the next section of road was like 35 miles of downhill. Ooh. Like down. Gas saver. What that would do is on a bicycle. And it was the first time oh, where yeah. I was like, that would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done like the silent race where you like, you and your buddies get to the top of a mountain, both turn off your bikes. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Just coast down. Absolutely. Okay. So on a bicycle, I'm like, oh, dude, that, you know, wow. You know, experiencing everything in like a slower pace, yeah. which is kind of like, you know, when you go from the high, you travel on the highways, then you get to the two-lane roads, right? You slow it down. Right. Then you get to, like, the dirt roads where there's less people, like, and you're just taking it slower. Like, that bicycle's like a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, what about if we flew to Columbia and just bought a horse? It <laughs> <laughs> <And> toured Columbia <laughs> on a fucking horse. Well, I mean... I mean, think about the people that would put you up. <laughs> yeah. You roll up... <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck's this guy doing on the horse? You're like, I'm from Texas. They just be like, get off your horse, come inside my house. It'd be, you know, it'd be bending you down and the, the Yeah, the people that, you know, get stoked to see that I'm on a bike from Texas, like, if you just showed up and you're like, oh, I'm traveling around your country on a fucking horse. <laughs> you know, and just to like see, yeah, I don't know. I wonder just, how many horses thought. you would go through. Well, I mean, you don't want to. I mean, the trip doesn't have to be that long. You don't have to do the whole country, but I mean, like... Yeah, I do the lifespan of the horse. Two weeks with a fucking bedroll on the back? That would be sick, man. I mean, think about it. You could run your fucking jet boil from the back of the horse <laughs> and make matcha the whole time. <laughs> well, I'm sure they do that. I know! <laughs> I think they do the ice mate in the north, though. Oh, do they? Yeah, that's the best one. Really? Yeah, it's got sugar in it, though, so if you're not a fan of sugar... Ah, man, I like the see. I like the the bitter matcha, the hot matcha. Yeah, it's a little sip. I kind of want one now. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I got a bong in my saddlebag. We can make do. <laughs> it's already got some water in it. No, you don't. <laughs> oh my. Dude, God. weed prices here. Uh, you know, I smoke top shelf weed. I I did a New Year's resolution ten years ago, never to smoke mids, and I I've kept that resolution all this time. So it's a it's quite the transition coming here, but I, you know, uh, you don't want to get too messed up with the cocaine here because of how pure it is. You might blow your heart up or get addicted to that pretty easily. But as far as the weed, I don't have any problems finding. It's just the quality is not that great. No. You know, uh, but at they least got, I'm they not. They got good cocaine here, huh? I, that's what I didn't I'm know hearing. That, I didn't know that they did that in Argentina. 
Uh, yeah, it, I, what I've been told is it's 80% pure and it's $20 per gram. And you have a, whoa, the roof's gonna blow up. And you have a life expectancy of less than one year if you start using here. Because uh, of course you're gonna be chasing a dragon and you're, you're not, you know, like the, the Vice documentary I watched one time, they followed the Columbia, Columbian cocaine to, uh, to New York. And in each stop or whatever, each country, they tested a pure, pure purity. And it was, it was 80% when it left Columbia, and it was 30% when it reached New York. So if you're from the United States, you come down here and do a giant line like I did in Puerto Rico, I thought I was going to die the first time I did the 80% pure. Uh, I did one American-sized line, and you know I was saying, call an ambulance for me. So, uh, uh, but that didn't happen. They just put me in the pool and like, you'll, you'll be okay, gringo. I puked a few times and then uh, I was ready to drink some yeah. beer. But yeah, trying to stay away from in that. In Colombia, it's only a dollar a gram. A dollar. <laughs> you know what I like is I chew the coca leaves here. Oh, yeah, and I got it, some in my saddlebag. Yeah, the, is it in a green bag? I don't have the green bag oh, anymore. Okay. No, no, yeah, no. they always had it in a green bag. Yeah, no, I bought a bunch of green bags. Yeah. I brought I brought in a bag from Bolivia. I actually gave it to the guys that introduced me to matcha. Okay. In La Granga. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I even, uh, I've been boiling, you know. It, Making the tea with it? Yeah, it's great. yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it really does that. something for your nerves, like especially when you're climbing to 15,000 foot. Yeah. Like it really does just kind of like sideline those inner inhibitions or, mm -hmm. uh, the anxiety or just like the loss of oxygen that creates a, right. uh, you know, I didn't, uh, I knew that that's why they chewed on them, right. or at least that was kind of the, mm -hmm. the basis of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like it, coffee. It really man. does. Yeah, it really does something for that. I was told initially it's like uh, drinking a cup of strong coffee. You chew on these leaves for about an hour and, uh, and they're, they're pretty much right. You do it with the Yipta? Know? Yipta? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, 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 with the white powder that or you the, put in there? Or the, or the good stuff's the black powder. Okay, yeah, I've tried that. It's not that. black, it's like, it's like a, looks like a ball of hash. Yeah, 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 I've tried that. Uh, I don't think it, they, they told me it was supposed to magnify the effect, but uh, I didn't notice that. But, it does. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I, you know, one day I, I was on a long ride, we were on gravel all day in the north and that, and uh, I chewed on that shit all day, and I got pretty wound up. I was surprised that you know, I was getting kind of irritable and kind of sketchy feeling. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you've been chewing coca leaves for eight hours, dude. So The fucking American qualities are coming out yeah. of you right now. <laughs> we want it all. We want it now. What fucking would crack me up is going through like Bolivia and Peru. There'd be just like, I mean, these women look like they're 100 years old. Just yeah. sitting on the side of the road with that green bag. Yeah. Just feeding leaves into their mouth. Just yeah, feeding man. them. I took some really killer shots, oh, man, of some of the native Indians. Really? Yeah, this lady, her idea. chest from the side, you could just tell that, you know, their lungs are, are larger than ours, you know. Uh, I don't know, their like genes. Sherpas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just large-looking chest, chest sternum area and shit, and she had the the green juice in the corner of her mouth. And, you know, I gave her like 500 Argentine pesos for a portrait photo of her and stuff with the, the shit in the corner of her mouth. And big old, wall. I look like my grandpa chewing red man and shit like that. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff, man. It's part of their culture and, uh, 
you know. It's just uh, enjoy all the new shit that I find. Well, speaking of their culture, let's go enjoy the culture with these fellows that are at the camp. All right, man. All right. Troy, I appreciate you fucking sitting Dan, down. Dan, it was what awesome a, to be on your podcast. We, Thank you so much. We got to do this. Yeah, man. In this beautiful place Incredible. of San Martin de las Andes. Awesome experience, man. And uh, now here's the deal. All right. I'm just going to be frank. Okay, be frank. Because now the race is on. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Now we're racing to the bottom. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that you're kind of handicapped. Yeah, it's my like bikes. Ten and you got handicapped. like twelve guys with you, <laughs> and I'm gonna fucking just leave you guys in the morning. We have at least I got at least somebody I gotta beat. You know, I got. Right, I'm just like a, right. I got the racer competitive <laughs> mentality. All right, well you don't all. have to race at all. I'm just all saying. All right, we'll, I am we'll now, make a race. I'm now on it racing right now. you to the bottom. <laughs> I'll see you there. So I tried to get a hold of them. No response yet. Uh, but they stayed in Argentina. They did not come over here to Chile because, dude, Nico, this savage on a fucking Harley from Argentina, he, you know, he, he flew to Miami. He got the bike. He rode it to Alaska. He rode it down to Argentina. But for him to bring it in Argentina, legally, it was going to be a process. Luckily for him, there was, like, some crazy shit happening at the border. So he, like... He just rode it across a fucking giant river and a bunch of boulders, stashed the bike, walked back across, and then walked in legally. Hopefully I'm not incriminating you in any way, Nico. Surely the services aren't listening, but uh, he can't leave the country with that bike legally. So they're staying on Ruta 40, headed south. Uh, at this point, they've, they fucking might beat me since I'm held up here waiting on a tire. So... Oh, well. Oh, well. Troy, best of luck to you, and I will talk to you later. Uh, go to mcshoptees.com, dangerdancetalkshop.com, lowbrowcustoms.com, motorcyclesherpa.com, and I will see you in February at Mama Travel.